Hello, this is Romp, a podcast with me, Murray, and each show I'll have a guest on to tell their tales of gay dating BG before Grinder. From coming out to dating and finding love in an age before the smartphone, we'll have stories of cottaging, cruising and clubbing. The best date, the worst date, the weirdest and the one that got away. Join us as we talk and laugh about shagging in the 60s, sex in the 70s and being naughty in the 90s. I don't know what we did in the 80s, I don't think anybody had sex in the 80s. This podcast contains adult themes, so those of a nervous disposition should turn off now. In this episode we're talking to Stuart. He's 42 and originally from Manchester and now living in um, a bit further north in Lancashire. He's a strong Catholic faith and is a local councillor for the Conservative Party and we're going to talk to him about his experiences of being bullied at school in a time of Section 28, coming out, first loves and the loss of an uncle from AIDS. So I began by asking him to tell me about his childhood, particularly around his Catholic faith and strict upbringing. Well, first of all, I was an altar boy um, and when I was about five years old, of course, Pope Benedict issued the edict that we were intrinsically disordered. Uh, so I was like, well, the church... So that's, mid- of... that's mid-80s then, isn't it? Yeah, 1986. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my sister was born. Yeah. And uh, I was told, basically, I was against the order of God, against nature. So therefore, I had to be celibate and, you know, had well, to hide myself. at the time? Well, as uh, about six or seven years old, I felt really crushed. Did you, you know, und- I... did you understand your sexuality and who you were at that point? No, no. At, all, at that time, all I understood was that I was very different. Mm. You know, I'd never had a girlfriend. And, you know, I was only, a, 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 you know, coming out of primary school, into, going into primary school from nursery. And I just thought, there's just something different about me. But at that age, I couldn't pinpoint what mm. it was. I just knew that there was something different um, and then when I went to school, uh, high school, I was about 12 or 13, uh, I became a librarian and a school counsellor. Um, and I had a crush on somebody in year nine and I was in year 10. And um, I'll never forget it uh, because I was bullied at school. I left school. So we lost the connection. Right. I went back to the school and after I tried how, to... Re- after how long? About six months. Okay. I had speech therapy. I had mental really? health issues. Yeah, it was a long, long time. That is so a long time. At that age to be out of school. Yeah, and I had to do homeschooling. Uh, yeah. I lost my voice. And I, uh, you know, felt suicidal. So when I sort of did the homeschooling, I went back to school and I, I saw him. And, um, you know, he wouldn't talk to me. His parents said that I was a pervert. He said to me, you know, uh, we'd sort of, you know, exchanged gifts and, you know, wrote letters and things like that. And his parents had found them mm-hmm. while I'd been away. So when I came back, oh, I his see. parents had said, oh, you know, you're 15 and he's 14 and you're a pervert and you're this. So they banned him from speaking to right. me. And he said, you can't walk home together. You can't stay over any more sleepovers. And I was so devastated because I was only 15. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. I'd been bullied. The school said, we cannot discuss this. You know, there's no, in PSHE, you discuss No support at all. No support whatsoever. You know, you weren't allowed to discuss it because Section 28. Yeah. Um, so what was you know, what was the young lad's reaction to you not being able to talk to you? You know, do, you know, really do you know anything upset. that happened to him yeah. in the end? Well, no, because um, I then went to college uh, when I was 16 uh, and then we just lost contact yeah. and I uh, never saw him. Yeah. And, Have you ever uh, seen I him think, again? I think I saw him on the bus uh, sometime last year in the autumn. Some, only and, last year and that's yeah, 30 was, years later. Yeah, and I just, wow. I felt like I saw a ghost and I was silenced, unusual for me. I thought, do I say hello? Is it him? Am I seeing things? Yeah. And as I got off the bus, he smiled at me. And I got off the bus and I cried. I cried. I thought he actually recognised me, but was too afraid to say hello. And that yeah. it was like a trauma, you know what I mean? So that's now, the one that got away. Would you get back on the same sense. bus? And do, you know, do you remember years ago, you'd see someone in a pub absolutely, and you'd go back yeah. to the same place the same time? Yeah, say, absolutely. Would you do yeah. that again now if just seen the hope of seeing him? And would do you, know you want I would. to? Well, I think it's because there was un- it was unfinished. Yeah. You know, we never decided to have a relationship. We never decided to part ways. It was enforced by mm. his parents. And so, therefore, it wasn't our own choice. Yeah. And, you know, that really hurt me mentally and emotionally. And I think he was also hurt because yeah. he acknowledged me but didn't know what to say because he didn't do it. 
Tell me more about what family life was like for you as a young boy. You know, at the end of the 80s, start of the 90s, you, you were in a strict religious family with uh, Victorian values. And tell me about the impact it had on your whole life. Well, you know, what, what I found growing up is that what happened when I was 10 years old is my uncle developed into AIDS and wow. he died at 34. And, and how, old, how like old was he then when he got it? 30 or 32. Okay. He, it so wasn't very long. long. He didn't last no, long. No, he died of obviously pneumonia, then he had the yeah. AIDS. And I was 10 years old, I remember. Uh, no, 11 I was in 1992. And I said to my mother the next day, why can't I visit him? You know, what's wrong? Well, unfortunately, yeah. he's died. And I said, oh, gosh, what of? Because he was in the hospice. Oh, yeah. well. And what was so tragic is my grandfather was extremely Victorian. He was very strict. Mm. A woman's place is in the home. Children should be seen, not heard. My uncle died of the gay disease that he got what he deserved. Yes. My grandparents refused to pick his ashes up. My mother and I had to go and scatter them at Southern Cemetery. So when I came out as gay to my father, who's now disowned me, well, you'll get the disease that you're entitled to, like your uncle, isn't it? Are you swilling in the cesspit of your own making, basically? Absolutely correct. Yes, that is your consequences to please. Absolutely. Him himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so he must uh, have had HIV and AIDS for a long, long time that just wasn't... Absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't had sores on his body. He was cold. Oh. Well, it was not allowed because they were deeply Christian yes. and very biblical. And, you know, um, you know, had to drink in moderation not allowed to smoke, not allowed to gamble, a bit like Jehovah's Witnesses, but not quite. Yeah. Um, and we lived a very, very harsh life because yeah. we couldn't be ourselves. You know, my uncle, who does, the girl I spoke about, liked to dress up in leathers. He liked to dress up uh, you know, uh, in women's clothes. Uh, my grandfather said it was disordered. You know, if you were born with earrings and tattoos, you'd have been born that way. You know, you're, you're, you're yeah. shame on, you'll bring a shame on the family. Yeah, you know, you're that's the worst thing, isn't it? It's about the shame on the family. Yeah, and being how just discussed be about. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and how dare you be your authentic thing. self. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. So that's how, that must have had some real... Real impact on you as a person. It does up. because I think to myself, "Don't rock the boat. Don't don't mm-hmm. be afraid." Coming to this, I yesterday felt very nervous yes. because being okay. a Roman Catholic minister, an altar boy, being a public official, you know, my friends <laughs> finding out I'd be happy with, but I feel like I've got to watch my back all the time yeah. about my sexuality. God, isn't it awful that you feel that way, even in this day and age? And you know, it's twenty twenty three. But let's move on a little bit. How did you, as a young gay man, start to meet other men and date? There was another boy um, who went through pen pals. It was uh, through um, a romantic uh, introduction agency. Wow. They'd send you things in the post as a photograph and a profile. So like a, the old, yeah. old style dating yeah. agency. And you'd write their reference number. You'd write to yes. them. And they'd pass it on to them. And so did you apply to that yourself, as in in the back of a I magazine? Did. Yes, go, that's right. Yes, this is right. Nexus dating, yeah. or so there was something like yeah. Nexus dating. That, yeah, and, and that's you... how I find love is I write to the I get yeah. a profile. Yeah, you know they send me every month. These are the different gentlemen. You know, a catalogue of, suit, yeah, of that's suitable right. people. Yeah, that's right. You see photographs, and this wow. is a bit about them. And you, you know, like on the dating channel, this is their reference number. Yeah, so yeah. you write a letter with a reference number yeah. to the dating agency, then pass it on. Um, and what was it and, like? How many? How long were you in that for? And how many? How many? Oh, how many frogs uh, did you have to get through? Um, probably one or two. Yeah. Some didn't write back. Some yeah, were yeah. very abrupt. And it took a while um, as well, didn't it? It did. About three or four attempts, actually. Yeah. Uh, so on the fifth attempt, we actually met up. And uh, and I'll is this all done via letter? Or it, yes, letter and by landline. Landline. Yes. There's no but text. You, only ha- you had no to mobile. do that when. Your mother wasn't listening in on the other end, or they weren't still on the dial up internet. Because you put them off. Yes, oh, do you remember that? And you, you had you, to hide your sexuality. You had to have call waiting. Ring now. Yeah, that's yeah. So right. where what you're still living at home? Whereabouts was home at this point? Uh, I was in Manchester then. Still I was in Manchester. In, uh, yeah, Burnett, I think it was. Okay. Um, yeah. Still living with your mum and dad, and dad. Yes. Marius. So yeah. So that's so you having to be secretive and furtive. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that takes some absolutely. toll on your life. Yeah, doesn't it? it really does. So uh, what she's saying? Well, she must be like this strange letters coming through the post on a regular basis. There must be even that must be a yeah, a furtive thing. You, yeah. You know, you, you know, unusual handwriting. You know, oh, what is it? Yeah, yeah. And I said, mother, I said, uh, I don't know. I said, you've got them regularly recently. And I said, oh, well, 
you know, it's just a pen fan from France because I did that as a teenager yeah, at school. Yeah, we all did that. You know, because yeah, I did yeah. French. Yeah, yeah. So you have to write to them. It's just that. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, if it's you could read it if it's a French letter. Oh. I was like, oh, no, mother, I can't read it out to you. Well, I'm interested in knowing what's going on. Yes. I thought, oh, gosh, you I know. am desperate not so to I miss out on So I hide them to my bed, you know yeah. what I mean? Hopefully she wouldn't find them, you know what I mean? Do you think she, she ever didn't. did? Do you think she went looking? She might have done because yeah. they were open, and I can't remember if I opened them. She opened them, yeah, yeah. but you yeah. know, I can't. I remember, yeah. I remember buying um, the Age of Consent by Bronsky Beat in the mm. mid 80s, and it yeah. had a big pink yeah. triangle on the CD. and I mm. hid that under my bed, yeah, know, thinking, you, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you couldn't, you weren't out, and but I think, gay the times thing, and you did oh, that, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I used to buy the gay times in Corner House in Manchester yes. in that yeah. little shop, yeah. And yeah. The, yeah, the scary mm. thought of even taking that to the counter. Absolutely. And then the yeah. ads in the back. Yeah. I used to work yeah. over the ads in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, like Attitude, uh, you know, their sex issue, it was the only real sort of outlet for your, for yeah. that sort of side because yeah. if you weren't, you know, meeting people sort of in woods or sort of, you know, sort of in the toilet or, you know, you had to be very secretive. So, I mean, mm. going back to this boy, when we first met, I remember he had a little mini and he was from Bradford and we'd bought each other the same CD, the Glitter CD, uh, by Mara Carey. And I right. think um, I, I was a year older than him, and uh, I'll never forget it. Mm. And I still got it, and I listened oh. to it before. And we lost contact. Mm. And I, I, I sort of thought, you know, it was such a exciting thing. Yeah. You know, we used to go to little day trips in the car. You know, we spoke to each other every day where we could, and when we had three minutes on the landline, and you know, yeah. we'd on the stairs and wrote oh, to yeah, each sat, other, and... sat in the hall on the stairs on a, yeah, a phone that was wired yeah. to the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the thing is, you didn't know if somebody was listening on the other end. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I miss, I, I just missed that there was a genuine connection which had a lot of interests. The fact that we bought the same CD from our price or whatever it was yeah, called yeah. in them days, yeah, uh, it was amazing. And he said, "I've got a, you've got a copy." And then I've still got it, you know, 30-odd yeah. years later. It's nice, isn't it? But what really helped me was my sexuality. He's actually queer as folk. In 99. Yeah. Yes. I sat, I, that's when I went with Power to be Out from Chorley, in terms yeah. of the groups I went with. We went to Mardi Gras, it was then called. Yeah, I got my first copy of Gay Times with Stephen yeah. Gately on the front. Yeah. And my father and I watched Queer as Folk. Wow. Did he knowingly thought, watch it? You do you say you've got to watch it, or is it just? Well, I just put it on. This is interesting. I said to him. <laughs> this is interesting. And he said, "What is oh, this? Oh, I know what's coming. I'm going to cover my eyes." Oh yeah, point. and I thought, let's just fast forward this bit. <laughs> and he sat there, said, leaving the room, which he did. And I thought, is it safe to go back in the room? And I said, I'm not quite sure what's happening next, Dad. No, fifty-year-old being rimmed yeah. on the telly. <laughs> it was like, what is this? He said, uh, we better not say that you watched this to your grandfather. I said, oh, no. I said, I'm And did shocked. he know at that point? Were you out at this point? Because you must have come no, out at some point. No, no. because okay. I then went on a conference yeah. when I was 16 or 17. Sorry, with a Blackburn and Files College to US in Scarborough. Yeah. So you'd obviously that's... moved up to Lancashire by this point because you've mentioned Chorley yes, and stuff. Yes, that's okay. right. Yeah, when I was, uh, yeah, I was now living in Kirkham, going yeah. to Blackpool and Files College. I was vice president of of the college and vice president equal ops officer. Yeah. So I went to the NUS for a conference, uh, and this is where I had my best date. I was serenaded on the beach, had a yeah. few wines. The next night on the Saturday, we decided uh, to go to a gay club, <gasps> and we had to knock on the door three times, yes. yeah. go down the spiral staircase, yeah. and the bar person never asked you what you want to drink. They asked the following: Has anybody followed you? Uh, did anybody watch you? No. Has anybody followed you? That's I don't mad. know. Had you told anybody? And that's you're going to be not here? that long no. ago. You know, no, no, that's it the wasn't. 90s, isn't it? And I was like, wow. Now, the worst day I had, yeah. I'm trying to follow the, the, the thing you sent me. That's all right. Was... Let, let's lay it out for the listener. So yeah. what I've done, I always send you something in the, in the, I sent you an email going, look, I want to talk about dating, where we met people and think about things like the best date, the worst date, the one that got away, the scariest, mm. all those kind of stories mm. that, know that we laugh about now but actually we're quite quite that was our lives at the time because we did it it doesn't just arrive like Deliveroo at the press of a button no absolutely not because you've also mentioned woods and I want to go back to the woods as well in a minute Mm -hmm. but carry on with your with your story for this one so I went to uh, the yard in London and that was was a club or a bar well it's a bar it's a bar uh, I've never been that one yeah yeah so I think it's closed I don't know if it's closed now but it was in Soho and um the hour of the day was simply a question of how awful his job was and how awful his life was. And that was literally it. And after an hour, I was like, right, I've got to go now. Yes. Um, 
and it was just so you know you're obviously going through something at work and obviously you know that's obviously important but you actually need to also let me talk and ask the questions and it was just I've had a bad day in the office and you're going to get it and yes. after an hour I thought I'm going now so how yeah. how would you met that man to go on this date with him so basically, we met through uh, Gaydar chat rooms, if you okay. know what that is. On the web, so the, yeah, the website Gaydar that we yeah. always go on? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. before the app. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you used to text each other yes. um, and call each other because yeah. there wasn't... The that was a really was early grinder, wasn't it? Cause yeah, you could, you could right. send your cock if you wanted to. It was that kind of era. Mm-hmm. And that happened in about... That came out in t- late 90s, early noughties, wasn't it? The first yeah, really right. early noughties. that's right. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I was in Harvard University. I think I was about twenty at the time. You've moved so, out again. We were yeah, in, like, we were in Blackpool Hartford. a minute ago. Yeah, that's when I was a teenager. When I was sixteen, nineteen, right. I moved down to Hertfordshire okay. University. Brilliant. So obviously, I went to London quite a lot. And uh, this was sort of. Uh, um, so, so basically, you've been chatting on um, on uh, radar well, chat rooms. Weeks. Te- yes. chat, then thought, yes, I'm going to spend my time going from Hertfordshire into what Potter's Bar or somewhere into yeah, Finsbury Park. Oh, there you go into the town. Tube, yeah, in, uh, uh, time effort you've put into this person. Well, I bought the tube and and the train and money. And yeah, and I thought, what? Yeah, nightmare. So isn't that it? was you know, but I did have my first boyfriend down south. I also met through a pen pal thing, another pen pal thing, and he lived in Brentford. And um, for me to get to Bedford, I had to got the train, a tube, got on a bus from Hammersmith all the way to Bedford. It was such an effort. Yeah, and it's think know. about how far to mm. you know now you go on Grinder apparently, and oh. it's three hundred yards away or something like that. Absolutely, that was People, two yeah. hours away. People you know. don't understand how scary it is when you're yeah. young, yeah. you're nineteen or twenty. Yeah, how did you feel? I felt terrified. Yeah. You know, I thought, is he going to turn up? Is yeah. he going to attack me? Because yeah. obviously with the Admiral Duncan thing, we had, you know, yes. other things going was, on. Which was, for those who don't know, uh, it was a, a terrorist bomb mm-hmm. against gay men in a bar yeah. in London, wasn't it? That killed yeah, that's right. numerous people. And in fact, yeah. I will post that on the blog yeah. that goes with this. Yeah, I'll put a new yeah. article for that. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you had, you know, things we didn't know about, like Dharma and other people. Yeah. Didn't know gay about serial killers. Yeah. So you didn't know who you were going to meet. No. Were they a serial killer? Yeah. Were they going to be nice to you? Were they going to, were they going to talk to you? So my experience was extremely disappointing because yeah. uh, all of that effort, I, I've now got glaucoma and uh, I'm that type 1 diabetic. For me, to make that, all those journeys yes. uh, and spend all that time and be terrified. You know, because yeah. um, in them days, you couldn't just text somebody or... No, there was no texting. There was there, really. No. So I had to tell my friends at university, I had to leave them a note saying, I'm yeah. just going here yeah. at this time, hopefully back at this time. Yes. So you had to write the note, put it under the door of my neighbour at university, and then she rang me and said, oh, are you okay? Yeah. I said, yes, I've met him. We didn't go well. She said, how are you getting home? So you really relied yeah. on handwritten communication, relied on, you know, you know, body language relied on the phone. Yeah. You know, you didn't have apps, so you couldn't just sort of, you know, mess somebody on Facebook Messenger or whatever, or check in or. I mean, and it's, like that today. is still a risk today, isn't it? But actually, Absolutely you made more, of an, made more of an effort for that risk. You had to go a lot further. Yeah. And you couldn't yeah, just absolutely. ghost someone, you couldn't just block mm. them. You could mm. be, you yeah, know, we're really putting yourself in danger. Well, when I, I did have an awful, uh, I think, scariest experience of a day was when I met one I, I, I messaged somebody um, on a, a sort of um, I think it was uh, again the chat room and we agreed to meet in Leicester Square right and when I got there at seven o'clock at night there were no to be seen and I said look I said are you late you know what's happening uh, and he said oh yes I did see you and I said I didn't look of you I walked away and I was so distraught at about eight o'clock I said I'm just in KFC in Leicester Square I said if you're gonna come back Oh well, I've I, I've stood you up, you know. Just you know, just you just have to mm. deal with it. And I was afraid. I was alone. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. And yeah. I was like, how can somebody who lives sort of you know in Lambeth, I've come all the way from Hertfordshire yeah. just to stand me up. Yeah. I didn't even see their face, and yes. then suddenly say, send me a text. Oh, not sorry, my uh, not my type. Well, you could have told me that before I made all this effort. Yes. And uh, it was such an effort to do anything, yes. you know, to meet a partner. You know, to have an experience, a sexual experience, you had to be 
put your life on the line because you know you couldn't check them out on Facebook first. No. You couldn't see their photograph. You couldn't speak to their friends. It was very much a case of this is A and this is B. And in order for you to have an experience or have a relationship or have a date, you actually had to put yourself through so much risk. God, isn't it awful when you've made all the effort, travelled miles, and as we had to in the old days, didn't we? We had to go out, we had to be really careful. You couldn't just go up to someone in the street. An app didn't tell you where the nearest cock was. You might not have a gay space near you or a gay bar. So you really had to put yourself out there, didn't you? Now, where are you at in the dating world today? What's that like? I live at home and care for my mum. So sort of current status of my dating is sort of non-existent. So, so we've talked about your mum. Yeah. And now you're back living with your mum. Mm. Going back to when I was a teenager, yeah. it's gone reverse full circle. So how's, how's, what's it like then, Having knowing that actually, is she listening into this? Is she picking the no, light no, up? No, she's gone away, thank goodness. <laughs> right. Um, but when I, t- when I came out, uh, I must have been, oh God, I can't remember, maybe a 30 or 35 my sister always knew. Uh, yeah. Sadly, she died. I oh. left five children. She tra- she, she wow. died at thirty, tragic sudden death, and so a huge problem because my father was uh, they were very close, and my mother now relies on me uh, mm. because obviously there's only me here. Yeah, she uh, she wishes so she was nicer to you. There was a husband. Well, when she came, when when and I then came the mother, out, I'm going to my, look after yeah, you when you're ill. When when I came out to my mother, she spent an hour at the family GP saying, I can't believe he's gay. I'm not going to have any grandchildren. You know, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Uh, she has got five children, but obviously they're in care. My sister's died, so we couldn't look yeah. after them. But it took us such a long time to accept that I was gay. And then eventually, when she said, I accept it, and I love you, and I said, Mother, I said, have you not known all my life? She said, well, mm. actually, yes, but I, did, I was in denial. Yeah, of course. You know, and now she goes to Bar Pop, and now she's very much influenced. She enjoys <laughs> That's it. That's fun. It's, all, it's like Jacqueline Hyde. She goes you know to Bar I mean? Pop. You take yeah. your mother out in, on the gay well, scene Well, I with do, you. but now she's in a wheelchair. She just yeah. dances like this. Oh. It's funny. Uh, but we now That's have lovely. a better relationship. But the trauma um, that she gave you in your 20s and 30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, my father now just told me completely doesn't speak to whatsoever. So really, I've got a parent that speaks yeah. to me, uh, but my father was taught never to talk about his feelings. Yeah, you know, so he had cancer. He didn't talk about it, and I don't know, you know, if he's in, I think he's in remission. Right. I don't know what treatment he had. I don't know yeah. because you didn't. You weren't allowed to talk about your feelings. Yes, and my grandfather said men should be strong. The head mm-hmm. of the family. Yeah. You know, you don't. You know, like the Queen said. Don't explain, you know, don't complain, never explain. Yes. Uh, and so from a mental health point of view, you know, I was Shocking. struggling. And yeah. my father was like, well, you've got to be tough. You've got to be strong. But what's his and mental health like do. then, really, do you think? Oh, his is horrific. Awful. Absolutely mm. awful. But he, he, keep, he, doesn't, he doesn't really express it. And then, he, you know, something, he has a breakdown. But he has to get to that level yeah. for him to actually get the support. And I said, if you spoke about it when it was a small thing, Oh, yeah, but remember, you don't discuss your feelings. So that old Victorian idea. His excuse um, not to talk about it. Yeah. And my mother said, I wish, you know, because they've known it since they were 16. Now they don't speak either. Wow. And she said, I wish. Oh, so they're divorced then? Yeah, okay. they're divorced. They got divorced when I was 18. Yeah. Um, but he lives in the next village. So we do see him. Oh, uh, and wow. he just doesn't, he doesn't speak to us, you know, <laughs> and it's really funny. Um, you know, we see him now and again. You know, he goes to the same supermarket. Yeah. Uh, he works. Uh, you know, and you know, it's kind of like when we see him, he doesn't alarm, he doesn't say hello. Um, and uh, you know, I just wish that I could have a relationship back with my father, yeah. and I don't know how to repair it because I can't be ungay. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. So <laughs> yeah, you can't hide yourself forever, and no, no, no. it just ruins your life, doesn't it? It's just not yeah. great. You're listening to the Romp podcast. To get involved yourself, you can email me at podcast at romp can I just take you back? You meant you touched on woods, and in messages that you've sent me in the past, you did say woods, cars, toilets. So it's about mm. dating and meeting men before a time before mm. Deliveroo style gay a grinder. Yeah. What, what did you, where woods? What did you do in woods? Talk me around. The, add some add some wood to the woods. Yeah. So um, I uh, had a, a, a boyfriend, and uh, we uh, both lived at home. Uh, so the only time that we could sort of, you know, uh, sort of have any, have any form of intimacy was in the woods. Um, and, uh, you know, it was always very much sort of, or in his car, as the case yeah. was. 
And is, and this, this, is this the same one with the mini and the and the? No, Mariah no, this Carey's? is a different one. This is different. This is a different one. And again, through contact ads type thing. Yes, yes, yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah. And uh, it was always very much a case of, you know, he uh, was uh, sort of, you know, focusing um, on, you know, his study uh, mm. and his career. Uh, and I uh, was busy with my job, looking after my mother. So we didn't have time, of course, for a relationship. Mm. Now, of course, we were, of course, together for about, you know, two or three years, but we oh, couldn't. Wow. Ever, you know, we ne- my parents have never met any of my boyfriends. Yeah, ever. <laughs> no, and this is what's really sh- well. No, the last one they did, but they, they I had about ten so far. Yeah, when I cast post relationship, they've never met eight, eight, nine of uh, eight of them. Wow. Um, because I had to have my sexuality, or they weren't out, or you know, um, and it was really difficult, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, that was a sort of a time where we had to do it like that because we didn't have, uh, you know, you wouldn't book a room together in a hotel yeah, no, because, yeah. you know, uh, what would be going on, yeah. you'd be stigmatized. You actually were discriminated against. They could actually say in them days, oh, actually, hotel. you're not stopping in my hotel. What year was this? Because I was 21, he was 18. Yeah. And we were like teenagers. Yeah. We used to kiss uh, in body care at night when all the shops were closed in, yeah. in the doorway. Uh, and uh, it was like, you know, oh, my gosh, we can actually be ourselves, but only with each other. We must yeah. watch, you know, who's walking. Yeah. We must arrange a date when he's at work and, and I'm meant to be studying, yeah. you know. So it was an excuse. The secret like you life. said, how you get out of the house, you're going to a sleepover. Yeah. You've got to go to the work late. So you had to find an excuse that's believable. Yes. So my mother wouldn't question it. And his parents didn't question it. Wow. And Isn't I was that just awful? like... You know, is there more to life than having to uh, use the woods or go in a car or use this other place that's private? Mm. But it was also so dangerous. Yes. It was public. Whereas your you know straight I mean? peers at that time are stay doing, mm-hmm. are staying, going out, telling the parents, going to pubs, yeah, kissing, yeah. snogging, shagging. Well, the other thing is, uh, yeah. like I don't know if you've seen the film Priest, you could yes. get done by the police for cottaging, gross yes. indecency, disrupting yeah. the peace. So yeah. you were on edge. So you couldn't actually enjoy that experience fully in the moment because you kept looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Oh, I heard a branch creep. Is somebody yes. watching me? Is somebody filming yeah, yeah. me? Because, yeah. you know, like in the late 60s. Oh, and the smell of that, piss as well in the toilets. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the thing is, you know, it's not exactly ideal. Uh, and the idea that you could be blackmailed or you yeah. could be outed. Uh, and, of course, in them days, of course, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Get Real. It was very much no. like that. It's brilliant. It's a gay film. Uh, in 2000, yeah. it's I think filmed later on. Uh, he comes out to his his father denies his sexuality. He meets a boy in the toilets who is actually a school kid, school child, same age as him. Yeah. Has a crush on him, uh, and they meet in the toilets in the woods. And you can see, you know, these the old chains. You know, used to pull the chain, and the thing used to be at the top. Yeah. You know, yeah. used to have like you know tracing paper, meant to be toilet paper, and he gets arrested by the police for being in the woods in the toilet. And yeah. they take him home to his parents and his father says, what were you doing in the woods? You know, and he said, the, it's very clear, 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 there's no place for other people like me to go. Yes. And he said, well, what could you have happened in the woods? He said, I could have been gay bashed by squirrels. And he said, <laughs> you know, yeah. And he writes an article for the school paper. But because of Section 28, he actually gets removed by the headmaster. Mm. And it's such a brilliant film. How do you feel your life has been with your faith and politics? You know, it's hard, uh, sort of, uh, I suppose I'm a sort of um, an oddity, you know, because I'm a conservative. I'm, I'm a bit of a strange person, yeah. so conservative, I'm gay, I'm Roman Catholic, and it's kind of, you're really peculiar. <laughs> well, to, to what we unique, assume though, as, we? yes, to what we assume mm-hmm. as the mainstream gay man mm-hmm. uh, in the modern age of a bit queer, usually left wing, usually not religious, that's kind of, Britain's thought on what a gay man is. Yeah. But actually, yeah. there's probably millions like you. Yeah. We, we but you felt to... you were the only one at the time. Well, we all yeah. Did, didn't we, yeah, back, back yeah, in the day? Absolutely. And when I went to university in my uh, early 20s, I discovered the Soho Masses. Uh, and we used to go to Our Lady yeah. of the Assumption Church in Soho. Uh, well. And this was open to everybody at five o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. And after the Mass, I went outside. And I said to the priest, what are them people doing after the service? 
they're cleansing it of people like you. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> and I'm not joking you. This, were, this was well, literally awful. going around cleaning. Yeah. And rosary beads and, and holy water. Swinging handbags. Yeah. yeah. What, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you're disordered. So they're just, you know, dealing with you. Isn't that and I thought, So I felt welcome. But then... Immediately I, I, put back in your box. Yeah. And then I went back in the church and I felt unsafe. And the priest yeah. just said, well, go down the stair for tea and a brew. And obviously this was by another Jesuits, who, of course, are very LGBT friendly. Um, and it was it was really an eye-opener because we now have, a, I've been going for 10 years or more, an LGBT retreat for Catholics. And wow. Other Christians now go. It's in North yeah. Wales. I've yeah. been going for a long time. And it's brilliant. It's not, that's yeah, not the Edward Carpenter thing, is it? No, no, no. This is the LGBT retreat at St. Yeah. Binos. Right. It's absolutely fantastic. And they talk about how God is love and, you know, God is sort of made you and knows all about you. So how can God, God dislike something he's made that's perfect? And it's really helped me with my sexuality and my faith. And we've had really brilliant speakers like James Allison. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, uh, Open Table, which my friend runs in Liverpool, which is a community for LGBT people. Uh, and he helps run the retreat and he runs this in Liverpool. And their networks throughout Christian churches, yeah. um, like the Church of England, where you're inclusive uh, church. Uh, but in the Roman Catholic Church, I just say that I'm celibate because... Um, that is what that's, when I that's the only answer yeah, they have, yeah, yeah. Um, right. so all links uh, that uh, Stuart's currently yeah. talking about are on the blog, and there's and Quest as well, there. which was yep. the original, oh, you know, heard of Quest, uh, yeah. And it sort of becomes slightly, it still exists, and they have conferences, and it's for Roman Catholic, LGBT, plus non binary people, uh, but it's become sort of a bit like how everywhere, which I used to be honest, becomes kind of. Oh, that's how I met my partner, Neil. That's how I met most yeah. of my friends as yeah. well and partners. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that I was... went to the parties in London. It was brilliant. Know, for those that for yeah. those that don't know, uh, we had Gaydar, didn't we? Which was the cock one. Showing our to... age now. We are. We're showing <laughs> our age, and uh, and then there was out everywhere, which is supposed to be a bit more about community. It was yeah, a bit more fair. about going to groups yeah. and of social events. Absolutely, um, that's and right. I met my yeah. partner of fourteen years now on there yeah. as well. You know, you did a book club, or you did a party, yeah. or you know, you and it was so, and it wasn't the expectation. Yes, it was not like grinder. It was, yes. or it was very much a case of getting to know people, yeah. and chatting, and then meeting up and going to the parties. And there was no pressure. It was very, it was really good. The parties, I thought they were amazing. You felt relaxed. You felt comfortable, and you know, we've. I think we've lost a bit of that social interaction. Yes. Because they're so busy online. So what I try and do now, when I go on the retreat or I go away, I I now have digital detox where I don't, right. particularly Sunday, I don't. So my phone is now off, and I don't because I was like, I can actually go and feed the ducks. I can read the paper. Mm-hmm. I can talk to you. I can actually feel calm and relaxed and actually present in what yeah, I'm actually yeah. doing. Because I think we're so busy. Oh, what about tomorrow? What about the past? You can't change the past. You can only learn from it. You know, and these uh, failures are stepping stones to success. And I always say to my staff, not SWOT analysis, how could you improve? We're not failures. We go through a process of life, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and we don't, we're so hard and so judgmental on ourselves when, and this suppose comes from my faith, I suppose, we should be kinder to ourselves. Absolutely. No, you know, and I think trauma. if so, if lockdown has taught us something, yeah. it's about being kind to yourself. Is kind of yeah. yeah. Just be kind. Yeah. I always say, think twice, speak once. You never know what somebody's gone through. Yes. You know, you never know. Uh, somebody might be cruel to you, or somebody might say something, but it might be coming from a place of pain. Yeah. And if you don't ask, how are you? And what we now do at the counter council is, and uh, we've seen it on the campaign against living miserably calm. Yeah. Ask your mate twice if they're okay. Yes. It's so important, yeah. I think, that yeah. especially as, as LGBT plus people, we need to really look after our mental health, um, you know, and our, and our, and our sex, uh, sexual health. Um, and, you know, I kind of feel as if I'm on the crossroads of something. I kind of feel like I've got a calling as if I kind yeah. of, you know, I can be somebody's voice. Time to give back. Scared. It is. And yes. I feel scared. Uh, but I also feel empowered at the same time. And I just want people to feel, you know, 
unafraid. Now let's talk a bit more about politics and being a Conservative member of the council. Are you the only out gay man in your party then? Well, I think there are another. Well, I think there are another two. Yeah. One is, um, and the other one I think is, but he doesn't. He, he seems to be, but hasn't. We haven't really discussed that area of his life. Mm. Um, so I've never asked him, and I won't assume anything. Uh, and I like people to sort of share things when when they're comfortable. Yeah. Uh, the other guy is a little bit more comfortable, uh, but I think there's just three of us, <laughs> uh, and that's it. Uh, we don't know no lesbians that we know of, no trans people on there might be, and I think there is, but we just it's never discussed because yeah. we are told that we're public officials, um, you know, and me coming on this is very brave of me. But the reason why I decided to do that is because I'm an ally. And part of my role is to speak out in forums like this. <laughs> and I think we all have, as... Signposts and help people. Yeah, someone called I mean? us a gay elder the other day. I was like, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but we have a responsibility to the younger generations, mm-hmm. you know. What yeah. advice do you would you give to someone who is now 16, 17? Because we go, oh, you've got it so much easier. But actually, it's uh, not that much easier, is no, it? No, it isn't. It is coming to terms with stuff. What would no, you say? No, it's not. Uh, I would say... Um, Always um, be brave. Always uh, be confident in your sexuality. Uh, don't be afraid. Um, speak out if you're comfortable. Um, be careful who you speak to. Trust, I think, in you know the universe. Find um, a buddy. Find an ally. That's what meet I... Meet people in real world. Meet in people real in life. real world, face yes. to face. Yeah. Because you can get so much from that you can find somebody that's been through the same process. Uh, you know, you can find a friend, you can find a you know, partner for life. And it's so nice that these groups exist, like the Befriending Group, the LGBT Foundation. They have the a Crown think, Trust. A, yeah. I used to be chair of the trustees. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, know, this, uh, you know, there's Pride. Uh, there's, you know, the LGBT uh, switchboard, of course, that yeah. we used to use. I think yeah. it's still going. Well, in fact, Colin um, on episode yeah. one, in fact, I meant to say that before, Colin on episode one was on the... Uh, LGBT switchboard and he, I meant to say his church the vicar in his church in the 70s was actually had a gay times on the table for when he oh, came wow. round so the church you know in our heads in my head well, the church is a big bag thing but actually you've had support from the church in, in, yeah. in, in areas he got it in the 70s as well mm, so you know mm. it's about people knowing you and understanding you and yeah. and being there for you, I think, as well, isn't it? It's, whilst yeah, the I whole organisation may yeah, look shit, yeah. not every tour is going to be a And people have bad experiences yes. uh, in the church. Uh, and, you know, I have had bad experiences in the church, but the amount of love my faith and strength, my, my faith has, has given me, an amount of support. But how, do, how does your, you know, how does being Catholic sit with your beliefs, you know, and yourself and your feelings of self-worth? So in 1986, as I said, we were told we were disordered, um, uh, intrinsically disordered were the words the Pope used. Uh, he's now dead. Uh, Is that Pope John Benedict Paul, that one? No, that was Pope Benedict XVI. He's oh, okay. now died, rest in peace. Right. But, uh, uh, pope John Paul II was the Pope, but his deputy, who was the head of the doctrine of the faith, mm. i.e. Pope Benedict, was his um, his Rottweiler they used to call him and he was in charge of the rules of the church and okay. how you said the mass and yeah. how you behaved and what yeah. you could and couldn't do so he was a prefect basically and he basically stated in 1986 across the world here from Rome a doctrine that being uh, other than straight was intrinsically disordered against God and you were not following the ideal of God that's mm. part A yeah. but then part B he then said however we should love these people and not treat them badly, not discriminate against them and, you know, love them as, you know, God has intended. And I was a bit confused by it all. And then I went to a priest and I said I was gay. And he said, well, you know, uh, you know, that's against the teaching. If you look at the victors, you know, that's actually against the church teaching. You know, you were there for procreation uh, and therefore, you know, you were sinful. Uh, like it says, it's a sin. Very good. Very, very good film. Especially the original, that's exactly how the Catholic Church was. You were judged. Um, and so uh, I was then told the only way for you to continue is to have a secret. Of, I mean, one of my partners, for example, we went to church together, we altar served. He was known as my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the priest knew that we were a couple. Yeah. But he said, How is your friend? And I said, Father, I said, You know that we live together. 
ah, yes, but I can't officially say that. Right. So to the congregation, I was the lodger. So again, um, it's the in the small community adjusted. down on the ground, it's okay. Yeah. But actually, it's the mass. Higher up, the higher it's up very the hard work, yeah. yeah. And what I think, what's really helped me, as I said, with the masses and uh, the, um, as I said, open table and the retreat is uh, His Holiness Pope Francis. You know, there was a beautiful, uh, a few years ago, he said on the plane, if you're a, uh, a priest and you're gay, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. And then there was a brilliant program called Pilgrimage BBC Two. And the gay comedian, I can't remember his name, but I think he's called something Amos. His mother was Catholic and she died. And he went from Canterbury all the way to Rome. He saw the Pope and he spoke to the Pope. And the Pope said, bless you. You're a child of God. You know, your mother, you know, is uh, at peace. You know, uh, you know, you shouldn't be judged. And he was in tears and he said, he hasn't got my faith back. But he said, I feel healed, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel that now I understand why my mother actually is now at peace because I've had to go on this journey and actually meeting the, you know, the person that she respected actually has, I understand where I was coming from and I was in tears and I thought, what beautiful thing to say, you know what I mean? To somebody that's meant to be disordered. He hasn't Mm -hmm. changed her teaching, but he said, we all, you know, he's a very big supporter of gay unions in Buenos Aires when he was Archbishop, Uh, you know, and it now upsets me that, and the Church of England, you know, you can have a gay blessing, but you can't have marriage and you've yes. apologised. And now on Monday, 75% of the Anglican communion around the world is going to leave the Church of England, a bit like Henry VIII. Oh, and a big really? schism. Yeah. yeah, and on Monday they're going to announce in Uganda so, and Nigeria that they're going to leave the Church of England because the they don't February believe in February 23 gay marriage. for those that are listening some weeks 20, ahead of this. Uh, 20th of fe- 20, tomorrow, 20th yeah, of February. 20th of February. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's going to be an announcement by the, I think they're called the Global South, which is the Anglican communion around the world, that they're going to leave the Church of England because the Archbishop of Canterbury has, um, they, they say in the paper, he's a heretic because, because he, he allows gay blessings. Wow. Yeah, but not marriage. Wow. But in North America and Canada, um, and the Church of Scotland, they allow gay marriage, Presbyterian, United oh, Reformed right. Church. Yeah. So it, it's strange because he then said, I'm not going to do the gay blessings myself. And I thought, hold on, wait a minute. You've, you've agreed it. You're the leader of the church. But you're not, but you're not do going what, to do yeah. it. Yeah. Because that will upset you don't really believe the Anglican it. worldwide communion. But I've yeah. apologized to my children of LGBT people. So I feel sorry for my, I know a lot of gay men that Church of England regularly attend. And I feel sorry for them because they're like second-class citizens in their yeah. own church. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like that sometimes. But Do you not you know, feel I like can't... giving it all up sometimes and forgetting all no, about it? No, 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 because okay. it stopped me from suicide. Okay. It gives me great strength. It gives me a, a way to live my life. You know, um, it gives me great comfort. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. It's helped me. My sister died. My uncle died. My grandmother died of COVID. It's really helped me in dark times. Okay. And I would never leave my faith for that reason. Um, so it does have challenges, but in life, nothing's perfect. Yeah. But I think the Pope, Pope allows soul masses, allows the gay retreat, has said beautiful things about sexuality, and I think human dignity and understanding, and I think he's been really brilliant pastorally, and I think a lot of the conservatives want him gone, but actually he's human, and he's uh, kind, and he tries to understand your situation, so I think that's a lot more more important than you know, the rules say this, the thing says that. <laughs> and isn't it a shame though that people use what they think the Bible says to protect themselves against Absolutely. change and difference? Absolutely, and yes. that's the worst yes. thing about it, isn't it? There's yes. all this love that yes. you're obviously mm-hmm. going on. Oh, you found support mm-hmm. and guidance mm-hmm. through it, yeah. but then there's a load of wankers who use it to beat everybody mm-hmm. else that's not the same as them. Going back to being an elder, you've obviously got experiences that others may not have. So why is it important to be out and be visible? I found school very tough hmm. uh, because, as I said, I lost my voice, things going on at home, struggled with my sexuality. When I realised what it was, and I've been to that previously with the crush at school, when I came out to myself, there was nobody to talk to about yes. it. You know, when you he cut me off, alone. that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had to go to university, like you said, um, to actually just discover who am I, you know, yeah. what do I like? And that's the, I, I wasn't at home in the goldfish bowl, yeah. a bit like school, a bit like church. It's sort of like you 
are in a, an environment where certain behaviours expect you have to behave a certain way, certain things aren't discussed. So in a way, you might want to discuss something, but actually you're not sure how it will be received if you're allowed Scary, to discuss isn't it. it? Yeah. And, it and it's 2023, and I think to myself, you know, am I trapped in, in this? But should I be trapped? I think no, absolutely mm. not, because other people may be in the same situation and they need me to say, look, I'm here. Yes. I might not be I might not be perfect, but if you need help, that's what I'm yeah. here for. And I think we've got to off the olive branch because, you know, as a gay man, I um made my friend who's in his fifties, when he got to thirty, he you're in the gay winter of life. You know, <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, you know, uh, nobody Bollocks. wants to know you, especially today. You know, you're not you beautiful, do, you disappear. you're not from a six pank. You disappear. Yeah, as a great, oh, I'm a grey gay man. Yeah. Well, I'm disappeared you know, off. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. not 30. You're yeah. not young. You're not beautiful. The gay you've scene got is alien now. Yeah. You know, you actually, you know, a, a, a trouble. You're these things that I don't accept. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, so I yeah. can do nothing about my age. But as the Madonna says, Experience has made me rich. So I don't have to be anymore because I'm too old. <laughs> yes. But, but we we are there as role models. When I, my role models, John Inman, Larry Grayson, yours would be a different set. And yeah. so we're there to show that actually not all role models are six pack blokes. They're different they're middle aged men and yeah, we're all yeah. we're all and, and we've got really that interesting responsibility. That I found out was the need for older gay men over fifty, there's yes. groups for them now, and there's a care home, I'm not sure where it is in the UK, where there's a floor for LGBT plus people. Wow. And it's absolutely brilliant. And mm. I think they do something similar in Sweden. And I was like, wow. Was it know, in Brighton, that? I think there was talk about Yes, it years. was Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that yeah. was it. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, people, uh, it was brilliant because it said, because uh, I work in public health, uh, child and adult education and children looked after, people, when they get older, I mean, I feel like I've gone back into the closet is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But when yeah. people go to a care home and they lost their wife or yes. their husband and it wasn't their husband, their friend and they lived together yeah, yeah. for, say, 10 years or 50 years or like in 14 years, they have to go back into the closet because this is really interesting. Somebody mentioned on the LGA conference for LGBT people, local government association, on a few weeks ago, I wouldn't like as a gay man uh, or LGBT plus Go to a care home and be cared by by somebody who is anti, who's yes. homophobic. Yes, because you're, you're I at, feel trapped, at risk neglected, yes. and at risk. Yeah, yeah. So you go back into the closet, and you yeah. should always be free to be yourself. Because having, having spent so to... many years being out, to yeah. have to go back in to live that yeah. live out your lives. I mean, yeah. you know, would you do that? Still work you know, to if do. You need, you know, would you do that? Say, if you got into your seventies and you had mm. to go into a place, would you go back into the closet? I don't I know. Think do we? we hope it's, not. It's, it's, it, no, because you would think that, you know. But they said if somebody who you rely on to give you care, yes, might say, "Oh, you know, you're disordered. Or, oh, you know, don't talk about that." And you're frightened, mm -hmm. and you're at risk. Are you then going? And then all the all that years of experience and all that decades of, you know, shared experience that you give back. You know, you're having to go backwards, you know, yes. and we yeah. should always go forward. So I think yeah. there's so much to talk well, about. Well, hopefully we'll change that as we get there now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's give me your... talking to anyway. Thank you. Give me your song then for the playlist, for the uh, for the well, Spotify playlist. It's really funny. When I uh, was very young, I was about 16 or 17, I met this boy, mm. same age as me, at work, and we went to his father's, what was it, Wendy House or something in the garden. <laughs> And, uh, father had a Wendy house in the garden some, something or shed. shed. Was, I don't know it was some it, it had a mattress and windows and things oh, was, hello what was he doing he didn't have any tools in and he played the song <laughs> I don't to think what he was doing it was really funny and I thought I misheard the lyrics as you sometimes do yes and I thought this is weird it said I thought it said be lordy put your hands on my body and I thought oh that sounds a bit creepy and he said no it's erotica erotica put your hands on my body and that's the play that's the song oh. And I thought, how can I mishear it? <laughs> and then I had to creep out. I think it was like one in the morning. They said, shh, you know, close the date quietly. My father will hear. And I thought, good grief. Uh, and so now I kind of feel like, you know, we should be brave about our sexuality. We should be out there um, because we owe it to ourselves and we should give back as much as we can. You're listening to The Romp Podcast. If you've got a story to tell, email me at show at rompcast.com. Brilliant stuff. So, 
I, on, as part of every show, I open my fucker facts, which is my story of uh, my list of um, gay uh, sexual encounters. So, yeah, I, for, for the for the first five or six years, I, I very sadly recorded all of my uh, conquests in a uh, file of facts because I was bored at home. There was no internet, and um, little black book. It's quite a big black book. Look at that size of that. Uh, and then when we needed the lottery numbers, I was like, well, I've got a list of, of numbers. I'm going to choose these. And I rated them all. So I've got them all here, numbers 1 to 49. So I am asking every guest to choose a number, and I will see if I can tell them who that was, if it was a story, and if they were, in fact, a lottery number. And no, I've only had four picked so far. So your number five. Who? What number between 1 and 49 would you like to pick? Uh, one. Oh, number one. Oh, oh. Oh, God. Oh, that's just sent a shiver through me. It isn't a lottery <laughs> number, but let me just make sure it is who I think it is. Because I think that's the boy at school called Foggy. Um, who um, the... Uh, he was, I've, I've talked about it in a previous podcast. And there was as a letter was stolen out of my back pocket um, in, at school. It being uh, 15, before our, wow. our levels. And all those feelings. Yeah, yeah he... Yeah, we kind of got to talking to each other. Mm. We went to, we were in the red British Red Cross youth together, so we'd go around and mm. I'd, I remember once sitting on his sofa and he put my beautiful laundrette on. Oh wow, yeah. a brilliant film. And, yeah, uh, my god. Makes you feel old now. I know, nineteen eighty six ish. And then you know, slowly a hand came across my lap and, and oh. then you know, we'd do things that 15-year-olds would kind of do, basically, and nearly got caught out in his bedroom, sat in the dark oh before now by his mum, just <laughs> oh opening the goodness. door and we're in the complete pitch black. Mm. Yeah, and then eventually he wrote me a letter to saying how much he loved me and, you know, declaring underlying oh. love for me. And I just thought, oh, okay, and I put that in my back pocket of my trousers mm. and uh, went off to games and someone had seen it in my pocket, stole it oh. out of my pocket, and it was all around the school in about 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, it was an awful story. But then we'd meet up years later and still, you know, oh, still wow, go out. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and he had a Volkswagen Beetle and we, and yes, we were, oh. I was very, um, I knew the lanes of Cheshire quite well. <laughs> by that point yeah and, and there's yeah. quite a lot of space in the beetle if you fold the seats down we discovered mm. yeah so that was mm. that was my first one so not a lot of them not the best one I ever had um but yes one of my my first gay sex experience so there we have it me in a market town with foggy at the age of 15 to 18 yeah that was great stuff and then uh, Stuart with his various experiences of life. We've had Woods, we've had Catholicism, Conservatism, and of course, uh, contact ads in papers, something that I used to do as well back in the day. I hope you've enjoyed this show, and I hope you're also now singing Bill Oddy to Erotica. But if you have any comments to make, or indeed would like to tell me your story, then do get in touch. The best way to do that is via the website, which is rompcast.com, where all the contact details, links to social media are, all that kind of stuff, it's all in there. And you can also find all the other episodes and the different platforms we're on. So until the next time, see you soon.